Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolfe. Renewing the mind means coming into agreement with things that are true. Right? Coming into agreement with things that are true, not begging that things would be relevant and true for you, not wishing that they were true, not petitioning God, oh God, please make these things true. I just, oh God, just give me this and that and the other thing. Renewing the mind takes place as you, you're a computer, as you offload as you deprogram, as you put in the trash bucket the old stuff that was totally contrary to who you have become in Christ Jesus. Amen? Even if you just sinned, if you just sinned a big, nasty, yucky sin, don't avoid God for a week. Don't mope around and act like a worm immediately, immediately uh, get to God, immediately uh, acknowledge you blew it, immediately renounce that, and immediately uh, begin to agree with him that, you know, ah, that's not even my nature. I don't know what in the world. Why did I contradict my nature? Why did I get involved in something that is not even of me? I am a new creation in you. I am so sorry that I yield to something so foolish that he's not even a part of the family, not even a part of our bloodline, not even a part of our nature. What in the world was I doing? Father, I choose you. I renounce this poopy thing and I rebuke it and I command it has to go and do some self-deliverance and amen. Uh, So you don't have room there for Satan's lie, uh, but uh, we've got some conclusion. I'm worth redeeming. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, my body is being sanctified completely unto, uh, unto his return. I don't have to die from suffering. My body will obey the reborn spirit and the word of God. I am healed by the payment of Jesus. I am delivered from the curse that came upon lawbreakers. My body receives the spirit of might and resurrection life. Say that over yourself every morning. My body receives the spirit of might and the resurrection life of Jesus. What did God say? God said the same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in you. The spirit that dwells in you is a raised from the dead spirit. That's a pretty powerful thing. That will actually touch you and affect you organically. This is why I can't figure out why Christians are dying like sinners. We shouldn't be dying of all these diseases. We shouldn't be dying at, this, at these young ages. We are not meant for that. But we've got a unrenewed confession and an unrenewed mind. My body is now an instrument of righteousness. That's Romans 6. Uh, uh, Restoration of my body is God's will. Wow. 
restoration of my body is God's will. And this is why you can have so much confidence in healing. A few years ago, some uh, folks came to our church. Uh, They were from Africa. Uh, Doug, and I'm trying to remember her name. Anyway, I went to the care group one night, and uh, she shared she couldn't get pregnant. She had sickle cell anemia, and she couldn't get pregnant, and they couldn't have babies. Uh, so we gathered around her. I had the gals put their hands on her womb. Uh, we rebuked and cast out sickle cell anemia. We commanded her womb to be opened up and to receive a child. And within a month, she was pregnant. And she had she she's had three chillins. But this is why this is why with such confidence you can pray. This is why with such confidence you can pray, because it is God's will to restore your body. Amen? It perplexes me when people say they don't know for sure if God is for healing. They don't know if healing is today. They don't know if God wants to heal everybody, but then they go to the doctor and take medicine to transgress his will. If it is God's will for you to be sick, why would you spend money going to a doctor to contradict his will? Nature itself tells you, nature, nature within you itself tells you that it's God's will for you to be well. That's why you have so much zeal within you to get well when you're afflicted. Are you going to tell me the zeal that you have within you to get well when you get afflicted is from the devil? It's, that's the devil within you wanting you to get healed or well when you're afflicted? No, that's the Spirit of God in you. That's, that is a life-giving in, uh, a deposit of God that is alive within you that, that knows that the curse is wrong. Just like the earth is groaning to be redeemed from the curse, your body wants to be redeemed from the curse. And when you're afflicted with anything from the curse, something within you groans for freedom, groans for a release, groans to get out of that terrible condition. Right? That's of God. Okay, so we're just talking about the body. So you'll have to write down What thoughts have you had about your body that have contradicted God's thoughts? This is not exhaustive, but these are a few thoughts that God has about your body. These are the governing thoughts. If your thoughts don't fit into the scope of these thoughts, then your thoughts are false currency. They should be rejected. They will not be accepted. They are corruptible and not incorruptible, and they will not bless you or benefit you they will bring you more trouble. It's only God's thoughts that will release his life within you. It's only God's thoughts that will bless you and produce life within you. How about your emotions? Well, you'll have to write down what Satan's lie is over you, but I've got some thoughts here. Your emotions are, number one, my emotions are a healthy expression of the real me, the born-again me. My emotions are in agreement with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. My emotions are sound and not tossed to and fro. My emotions are not subject to fear. Fear, by the way, is one of the primary emotional influences of the demonic realm. And if we listed out many emotions of the demonic realm or the unclean realm or the carnal realm, we could list emotions out tonight 
One of those primary emotions is fear. It's one of the primary emotions that was driving Adam and Eve when they listened to Satan. We were ashamed. We were afraid. And we hid. We were ashamed, we were afraid, and we hid, right? These are primary driving emotions that all of us, all of us have to overcome. So this is part of a healthy reframing of our mind and renewing our mind is to recognize that fear is not of God. I'm not talking about um, safety fear. I'm not talking about if you're riding with me and we're going 90 around a corner and I'm on the cell phone, you might want to have healthy fear at that moment. I'm talking about, I'm ta- you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about fear. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We're so glad that you're with us. Restored Life Radio is brought to you in part by New Horizon Church. New Horizon is a church created for your restoration. We meet right off of the freeway in five Exit 137, central to the whole Puget Sound. Join us at New Horizon this weekend and come and visit our website, www.newhcc.com. That's newhcc.com. Come and discover a new horizon with us. If you want to call us by the telephone, 253-922-1502. We'd love to hear from you, love to connect and get you to the Restored Life Seminar. How about your emotions? Well, you'll have to write down what Satan's lie is over you, but I've got some thoughts here. Your emotions are, number one, my emotions are a healthy expression of the real me, the born-again me. My emotions are in agreement with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. My emotions are sound and not tossed to and fro. My emotions are not subject to fear. Fear, by the way, is one of the primary emotional influences of the demonic realm. And if we listed out many emotions of the demonic realm or the unclean realm or the carnal realm, we could list emotions out tonight One of those primary emotions is fear. It's one of the primary emotions that was driving Adam and Eve when they listened to Satan. We were ashamed. We were afraid. And we hid. We were ashamed. We were afraid. And we hid, right? These are primary driving emotions that all of us us have to overcome. So this is part of a healthy reframing of our mind and renewing our mind is to recognize that fear is not of God. I'm not talking about um, safety fear. I'm not talking about if you're riding with me and we're going 90 around a corner and I'm on the cell phone, you might want to have healthy fear at that moment. I'm talking about, I'm ta- you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about fear. Um, so, my emotions are not subject to fear. My emotions are not subject to rejection or abandonment. My emotions are secure in the love of God. What does 1 John 4.17 say? Perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love dismisses. Perfect love says, there's the door, fear. So love, love is something of God that is felt in the realm of emotion, right? 
It's felt in the realm of emotion. So emotions are tied to our thought life. Okay? But what we have here with regard to emotions, which are part of the mind, part of the soul, mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination, part of what we're trying to identify here is that I will not let my emotions run me. I will run my emotions. I will not be led by emotions. I will be led by the word. I will pay attention to my emotions. Some emotions are healthy, and they are the sign of healthy thoughts. Some emotions are extremely unhealthy, and they are the sign of unhealthy thoughts. My emotions. My emotions will not rule me or tell me who I am. My emotions, my emotions may add to reality, but they will not determine it. And this is part of the blessing of uh, first, uh, first Timothy one seven. Is it Second Timothy one seven? That we have received, we have received a spirit of love power, and soundness of mind, right? This is the spirit we've received, love, power, soundness of mind, or self-control. Everybody okay? How about your future? Uh, well, I don't, I don't have my retirement planned out. Well, I don't have a house. Well, I don't have a house paid for. Well, I don't, well, uh, the car we're driving around in is falling apart. Well, I didn't, I haven't finished my college education. Well, I, I got a divorce, and I don't know if I'm ever going to have a spouse again. Well, 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 what's the word say about your future? Well, your future, Psalm 139. There's already an amazing future planned out by God. Did you know that you can get on back on plan A? How could you possibly get back on plan A or a good plan in God? Because... His word is fixed, and it's already written. Did you know a detour in the plan B or C does not ruin your destination or does not put you in such a situation that you cannot get back on the four-lane freeway of God's good plan? My future, my future includes a destiny of hope and prosperity. My future includes... A living out of purpose. I'm going to live out of purpose. I'm not going to live in futility. I'm going to live out of purpose. My future, I will see good, the goodness of God in the land of the living. Remember what David said? I would have despaired. I would have despaired lest I would have believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That is not what I grew up with. What I grew up with in my denomination was I will see the goodness of God in the sweet by and by. Life will be hell. Welcome to hell. But, I, but you will see the goodness of God in the sweet by and by. Restored life is the ministry built and developed designed to help you rebuild your foundation and restore your garden. We know that every single person faces sabotage, difficulties, every kind of obstacle and oppressive power to harm and to ruin their future. And so we are here to help you get restored and discover how to walk in restoration. Call us today, 253-922-1502. 
253-922-1502 and ask about the Restored Life classes today. Uh, I'm not saying that there won't be times of maybe persecution, times of sacrifice. I'm not saying there aren't some who've had to lay down their lives, but I would venture to say uh, that even Joel's story about Polycarp, um, I would venture to say that he counted it joy to do what he did for the Lord. So what's that mean? That means that if we're really following him, that no matter what we're going through, there will be such an abundance of grace that even what we're going through will feel like a rich thing for him. Amen? We can't have this... If we, uh, if we have this mindset uh, that, that life is meant to be a miserable drudgery, a, a miserable mess in the Lord... Um, will cast off all hope. What that will do is it will make you the most miserable Christian on the planet because you'll only be serving the Lord because you have to. Suddenly, you'll turn God from this wonderful father into the cosmic killjoy. Proverbs fifteen twenty four: your future will look brighter and brighter through the truth. There's several scriptures about that. It says the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. The, every single day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. That's a song. Remember that? Second Corinthians 3.18, I am being transformed from glory to the next glory. My mental health, what is Satan's lie? Well, I'm schizophrenic. What's Satan's lie? What's Satan's lie over you? What's Satan's declaration over your mental stability? Uh, well, I'm just weird. Well, I'm highly dysfunctional. Well, I have ADHD. Why is it that every male in America under the age of 14 has ADHD and ADD and everything else? Why is that? What is that all about? A culture that's refused to discipline masculine disorder. I am sure that I had ADD, ADHD. I had every attention deficit disorder there was. So guess what? My father had a large stick and a belt. He also had many hugs and many loves. When you balance the presence of a father with many hugs and loves with a large stick and a belt, suddenly you learn when to have fun and be rowdy, and when not to. What to terrorize, that's not mom's house, and what not to terrorize, right? You learn, you learn. So uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of this mental disorder that we're riddlinizing our children with, and if you're reading, if you're raising boys, Jerry, if you're raising boys, be sure and read Wild at Heart. But the way our schools are built more for girls than they are for boys. And we can't stand the boys, so we, you know, their their behavior, so we drug them up. And years ago, when we kicked God out of the schools, we also kicked discipline out of the schools. So we can't discipline the boys. So the boys are wiggling, and the boys are shooting spitwads, and the boys are bored, and the boys are falling asleep, and the boys are being boys. And we can't discipline them, so we feminize them, and we medicate them. 
How about my critical relationships? What I mean by critical relationships as we think about that uh, that wheel, that scope, that, uh, that uh, dimension, I mean for those of us uh, that uh, are married uh, or we've got close friend relationships, um, what does the enemy say about those relationships? The word says those relationships will be built through knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, right? By knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, the house will be built. Um, the word says, too, that uh, if a man's ways please the Lord, he will make all of his enemies to be at peace with him. That's the second thing there. See that? Uh, lots of times people come to me and they say, what should I do? Well, what should I do? i got all these problems and all this. <laughs> you know, this is one of the best scriptures ever. Well, if a man's ways please the Lord, he, the Lord, will cause all your enemies to be at peace with you. Wow. The Lord will take up your battle for you when your ways please him. Uh, next, God will subdue my enemies for me. Next, I need not defend myself in every situation. And next, the wisdom from above makes peace. How about your finances? What's the enemy say? The word says the righteous will prosper. The word says God delights in the prosperity of his servants. Now, religious people might not delight in the prosperity of his servants, uh, but God delights, right? The word says I'm not called to suffer the lack of things. It's Romans 8.32. The word says God gives me things richly to enjoy. That's Psalm 103. The word says I'm an heir of the blessing of Abraham. That's Galatians 3 and 4. The word says, I'm a joint heir of God. That's Romans 8, 16 through 19. The word says, God is not bothered by me asking for good things. That's Matthew 6, 30 through 33. How about your reputation and your legacy? I will live long. That's Isaiah 65, 18 and following. I will leave an inheritance to my children's children. How about your ability to overcome? His word is my victory, 1 John 5, 4. Jehovah Nissi fights for me. I have power over serpents, scorpions, all the power of the enemy. That is Luke 10, 17. How about your identity? Who are you, your identity? I'm a new creation created in Christ. Where's that one at? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. All things are becoming new because of my new origin. Same passage, right? My past can't hold me. My past can't hold me. What would be a good scripture for my past can't hold me? How about the things that we've been meditating in church on recently? How about Romans 5, 12 through 21? Uh, Romans 5, 12 through 21, where it talks about that we are uh, justified, that we've received the abundance of grace, that we reign in life, that we have been forgiven, and that we are justified. Remember what justified means? What's it mean? just as if I never sinned. I am free from generational bondages. You believe that? I am free from generational bondages. What, uh, what makes you free from the influence of generational bondages? Generational bondages come through the lineage, really through the passage or through the rite of passage with regard to your relationship to Adam and the Adamic nature. So uh, so what is it, remind me, 
that declares that you are free legally from generational curses, bondages, strongholds. Romans 6 and 7, the cross, your death. Your death, it's your death. It's your it's you identifying with his death as your death. Remember Romans 7 starts out this way is that the law and it talks about marriage, that a woman is married to a man until there's a death. And as soon as there's a death, she's free from the law. Likewise, you were married to the law until you die. When you die in the cross, water baptism, like Robert and Carl just went through, when you die in the cross, then you're not committing adultery to get married to Christ. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.